Jem takes a bow, the Sega Saturn gets its best game way too late, and Iron Man introduces us to the MCU this week on 
the Carpenter family sues mm-hmm. and Mattel sues and <laughs> they, how did he ever get a job again? And and well, it's artistically very interesting. It's it's a good movie, but the ended up the resolution to it was basically it is pulled from anyone being able to see it except for film schools and anorexia treatment centers. What? Yeah, that was basically the deal. Is that this has artistic merit for these two groups, but for oh, the shit. the rest of everyone is not allowed to see it. Holy shit. So back when I was in film school, that was still going on. So immediately we all want to go watch Superstar because we know we're not allowed to see it. So right. everyone ends up checking it out of the video library at film school so we could watch it. That is insane. Now on YouTube. Now on YouTube forever for free. Yep. If it gets pulled off of YouTube, it'll be somewhere else. Right. Daily Motion, baby, looking at you. Mm-hmm. The Karen Carpenter on. I think um, it's there too, actually. <laughs> that, that's honestly the most notable movie I want to talk about, and I just I got half the story. I was just I've read about it several times. I guess I didn't know the Barbie mm-hmm. angle. Yep. But yeah, that, and I feel I, like there's a reference to it in Velvet Goldmine too. There's a scene where a kid acts stuff out with Barbies. Oh, no, really? Like, we get to talk about that next year, and I'm so happy. Well, here's a little a little another little dose of film nerdum for you. Do this you? The is sunset. This was a massive bomb, but yes, right. let's talk about Sunset. Sunset, Bruce Willis, James Garner, Malcolm McDowell, Marilyn Hemingway, and Kathleen Quinlan. Directed but by Blake Edwards. Blake Edwards, and for some reason, I just assumed he never lived this long. Blake no, Edwards, he only passed away a couple years ago. I know, like, yeah. I, but Blake Edwards, the creator of Pink Panther, and mm-hmm. yeah, uh, making another comedic farce, but this one's set in old-timey Hollywood. Right. The year is 1929, and Hollywood's biggest star is about to meet a legendary marshal. Mr. Wyatt That's right. I'm mixed, isn't it? James Garner apparently playing Wyatt Earp for like the second time in his career. Yeah. He's already played him. Uh, but yeah, a, a huge... I've never even heard of this. Yeah, well, it was expensive because it's a period piece. It's mm. got lots of period cars and all kinds of stuff. And like no one wanted to see this except like maybe me. And <laughs> um, yeah, but I mean, it's weird. Like Tom Mix, yeah, was a big uh, like silent uh, cowboy type star. Mm-hmm. And Wyatt Earp is freaking Wyatt Earp. Buried nearby San Francisco, really? by the way, in the Jewish cemetery. Was White Earp Jewish? No, but his wife was. Okay. He wanted to be with her. Oh, I love pointing sweet. that out. Um, <laughs> yeah, so what's really strange here, though, Bruce Willis, not a movie star at this point. He has made right. one other movie, also with Blake Edwards, called Blind Date. I had no idea he made... I really like Blind Date. Yeah. Blind Date's pretty fun. loses control. Yeah, but we are pre-a certain Christmas movie that we will <sighs> be getting to this year. This year. And so this level of public failure makes people go i don't know if that guy from moonlighting can carry a movie yeah. man i just uh no no one no one wanted to see this i didn't want to see american gothic with uh rod steiger and what is this yvonne Di- yvonne carlo. carlo yeah lily munster man um i've never seen that but what i did see and i'll go ahead and call this maybe one of my favorite in the the subgenre of gremlins ripoffs critters too ladies and gentlemen critters too can't hear you. Hey, I got the hammock. We need a sheriff. Go check the elephant. Those hungry hairballs from outer space are on a roll. <laughs> Let's get help. Oh, who are we going to call? Critter Busters? Oh, so wonderfully 80s. Oh, my Who are you going to call Critter Busters? Is that Eric Bogosian is one of the Critter Busters? I think so. Oh, okay. I don't think so, but Critters is an absolutely insane film. I don't remember if it was R-rated Critters 2, because like it's it's trying to rip off Gremlins, but mm-hmm. I also think they want to get the, you have to get the kids in the audience. But uh, I would say probably made all of its money in home video. Yeah. Um, given, given its pop, like relative popularity with kids, we all prefer Gremlins. 
And Critters, to me, is most famous. Um, if you've ever seen the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle movie. Mm-hmm. Raphael's dressed up in a trench coat hat, pulled down low, walks out of a theater, and it's Critters is on the poster. And he's like, who comes up with this crap? <laughs> and New Line knocking its own product. Uh, uh, but Critters 2, uh, the main course... <laughs> Came out this week. Uh, I love the design of the critters. They're fun. They're just they're like big fur balls with scary faces on. Yeah, them. they look they look like little hedgehogs with with worse teeth. Yeah, um, they're but, really cute. And I love that they like they pile together into one giant ball and start trashing <laughs> things. That's on a roll. I wouldn't have thought of that. So that's very clever. And moving to television of 1988, April 27th through the third. Whoopsie Daisy, Growing Pains airs a two another two parter. Uh, that was I believe that. Made to launch the spinoff that aired yesterday. We talked about just the <laughs> ten of us. Uh, this is the coach's final episode, even though we've already seen his new show. Uh, Whoops, that's Daisy. Confusing. It is confusing. You know, it's, it's also uh, wonderfully confusing. Mm-hmm. The Cosby Show mm-hmm. that we get to talk about it, even when you don't want to. <laughs> but I remember this episode. Theo and Cliff go fishing and catch more than they bargained for. Hey, look, Kitty, what are you doing with a hat on? You told me you'd never wear a hat as long as you live, Kitty. <laughs> You are not going to believe what happened to your son today. What? Uh, no, I asked your son, who has gone fishing uh, 15 or 20 times, who has never caught anything, ask him what he reeled in today. A rubber tie. No, ask him what he caught. <laughs> you caught a fish? Where is it? The morgue. <laughs> Caught a dead man in a three-piece suit. <laughs> yes, Theo oh my God. catches a murdered mafia, mafia <laughs> man and becomes a minor television sensation with 15 minutes of fame. That's what Gone Fishing, this episode of The Cosby Show, is all about. I, I just, I don't know why I remembered it. I think I, I went fishing a lot, and I always wanted to, like, I'll be more excited if I catch anything but a fish. <laughs> Even a rubber tire would be preferred to fish, because it's so boring. Uh, and I got to play this theme song. Yeah. I love it. I would never, ever watch an episode of this show, but I will watch its intro over and over again. Theme song rules. It's Magnum P.I. Magnum P.I. is saying goodbye no. on May 1st. After eight seasons on CBS, very hmm. successful seasons, um, he returns, I believe Magnum returns to naval duty. What? Uh, yeah, I didn't even know he's a Navy, Navy man, uh, and discovers his daughter is still alive. What? And I fell down this rabbit hole, and I didn't want to go too far, but I believe not only did Magnum P.I., not only did Magnum have a wife he thought was dead and wasn't, she then also had a kid he didn't know about who then dies and he finds out he's actually not dead. (laughs) It probably makes sense, slowly unspooled over uh, eight seasons, but it was very hard to catch myself up with. But either way, him and his daughter walk away hand in hand in this this full white Navy regalia. And I did not want to episode, I did not want 302010 to die without having played the Magnum P.I. theme song. It is wonderful. On May 1st, uh, Married with Children concludes its second season with an episode called All in the Family. And where Peg's unseen relatives make a debut. And I always love it when relatives show up for the first time because it usually means you get some pretty fun casting. Otto! Your home still looks like a filth hole. (laughs) Erwin! You've got a beautiful home. Oh! 
God, those ladies were on oh every single gosh. sitcom in some. But now she's officially. What are they called? The sorry. Lander Sisters. The Del Rubio triplets. Oh, the Del Rubio triplets. Uh, and yeah. we also have in there. I don't know who. Um, I don't know who James Hockey is as Uncle Otto, but he's really planted Charles Nelson Riley to the rafters. Oh, yeah. But that is also wrestler King Kong Bundy as Uncle uh-huh. Irwin. So a bunch of weirdo guest stars in Married with Children. Thought we should delight. We don't talk about it that much. Uh, so I wanted to delight the Married with Children fans out there. I know you can't say it in public very easily anymore, but uh, people love the show. May 1st, this confused the shit out of me. Um, <laughs> we have the debut of a official, unofficial sequel. On the next Disney Sunday movie. Yes, the world's most extraordinary couple has moved to the suburbs. Do you like fish? Oh, yes, except for sailfish. I've never seen a more stuck-up fish. The romance continues with an all-new Splash 2 Sunday. An all-new Splash 2, because they split it into two like they do with those Disney movies. Oh, you have to wait a week for the half of the movie. But it's Splash 2, T-O-O, and it never occurred to me that that was clever. I... We would get free previews of the Disney Channel. I would tape them. We are li- remember, people. This is there's no internet yet. You can't check shit out. They're lying to you, right? So like so hard in this. They say it's a continuation, but they're also saying it's a different. It's story. a different story. You and, bastards! And I taped this off of Disney Channel and watched it all the time. Hmm. I had no idea I was not watching the real Splash at any point <laughs> because it didn't. It wasn't a number in the sequel. It was just T.O.O. I thought I was watching the real Splash. I didn't find out until Mad Magazine. I'm like, this is not the right movie. They're not. <laughs> Mad Magazine's not making fun of the right movie. And then I finally see Splash, and I'm somehow disappointed that this vastly superior movie <laughs> is not Splash Two. I only bring it up because I felt it was appropriate to bring up Splash because everybody is after Shape of Water <laughs> won the Oscar. Uh, I haven't heard anybody bring up Splash in years, but it's what a charming little film. Yeah. Yeah. Daryl Hannah, Tom Hanks, mm-hmm. little Eugene Levy, and John Candy in there too. Yeah. That's a Ron Howard joint, right? Yeah, I think it's his first big hit. But not this one. Um, and this also has the distinction, and I. Oh, I, I never miss a chance to talk about this. The first movie ever shot at Disney MGM Studios in Orlando, Florida. Mm-hmm. That weird brief time that was very pivotal in my life where uh, Universal and Disney decided to compete to who could open the best Florida studio. It turns out they both lost. Nobody <laughs> films anything out there anymore. But oh. for this really brief time, stuff was being shot in my area. And it was really exciting to have what we thought was New Hollywood mm-hmm. heading to Orlando. Didn't work out. Uh, but then it stars Amy Yesbeck and Todd Waring. Um, oh, that was Amy Yasbeck. I didn't really recognize her. Yeah, honestly. the res- resolution was terrible. Well, the resolution is terrible, and the long white hair, and she's so young. Oh, and, yeah. I animated an addition here. It's taking a flight, eight forty-seven. The Yuli Derrickson story. Yeah, good. This is the kind of TV movie title I like. One that's got a colon in it. <laughs> I like. Yeah. Just you so know. you're not confused, this is a story about Yuri. <laughs> Where it's just, you know, like, uh, that it's based on a true story, but it's always called something like A Mother's Fight, the Nancy McCaffrey story. It seems like they're really oddly concerned with SEO this this early in the game. Yeah. It's got all your keywords in there. Yeah. So, uh, I mean, starts Lindsay Wagner, who I think made every TV movie back then. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm still not quite sure what she's famous for, Mm -hmm. except I just remember seeing her on TV movies and uh, ads for, like, the Ford Focus. Um, <laughs> she was Ford's pitch woman for a really long time. But this mm. is, I mean, based on a true story, and it's an incredible true story, and they should seriously remake this. They should make a, a, a real movie based on this because it's about uh, a flight from, I think, Cairo got hijacked by Hezbollah, Ooh. rerouted to, like, somewhere else. They got re- they, they started bouncing around, 
the Middle East where it's like, okay, we're going to Cairo and then we're going to land in uh, Turkey, gas us up, we'll give you two people, we're going again. And they end up in Beirut, which is like completely unsecured. Mm. So they just like take all the people off the flight and start hiding them around Beirut. And it, it goes on and on and on. These poor people are on this plane for like weeks. Really? It just, it sounds terrible. And there was one point where uh, Uli Derrickson is one of the flight attendants. Uh-huh. And there was a point where these guys from Hezbollah wanted to uh, separate out people with Jewish sounding names. And she mm-hmm. refused to do that. There's a famous photo from it, actually, that was one of these like pinged my brain, mm-hmm. where the, the captain, the, the Plane's parked on the tarmac, and the captain is talking out the window with a gun to his head. Um, they ended up killing at least one person and, like, tossing his body out to be like, we mean fucking business. And uh, most of them not really seen any sort of punishment uh, for it. They basically, once they got to Beirut, everyone could just sort of disappear. Really? Yeah. And uh, then we're like, uh, okay, everyone, are you cool? You want to come home now? Like, they did it because they wanted to, like, free 700 prisoners. And I think mm-hmm. Israel, like, freed a couple and someone else freed a bunch and yeah there used to be hijackings where they didn't fuck things up with the plane every time i look through the news is especially in the 80s there's a ton of flight hijackings in 87 88 that i just don't know anything about yeah so this was earlier this is early in the 80s i think but uh or 70s even uh i know there's an entebbe movie coming out again Mm -hmm. which is another fucking great story of yeah hijackery hijackery and and the raid to get everybody out it's pretty awesome yeah Mossad was not to be fucked with back then anyway yeah it's i think that's part of what the younger people aren't going to understand why 9-11 was so fucking shocking Mm -hmm. was no one did that before the idea that you would hijack a plane and steer it into something and kill everybody Mm -hmm. and yourself that you would use it as a suicide bomb was not like a thing. It was always some idiot hijacks a plane because they want a bunch of political prisoners freed or they want to fly it to Cuba mm-hmm. or they want to, you know, it's some sort of political goal and it's a hostage situation, yeah. not a murder situation. With a lot of survivors and unlike, yeah. Yeah, yeah it's like, huh. okay, you bring in the pizzas, we'll give you two guys kind of long-term hostage situation. Now, now I'm confused. Are, are there actually like hijackings still going on all over the place and we just don't hear about it or did the I security... Don't think so <laughs> crackdown because of 9-11 end up preventing future hijackings probably so every time yeah. i see one of these chuck norris movies like how did that guy get an ak on the plane that should yeah. have shown up in the x-ray yeah <laughs> so uh why are we talking the most about this movie that's taking a flight because you don't want to talk about the eurovision song contest yeah. <laughs> <laughs> wait is that in here it is it is oh, no doubt it. It oh is. the eurovision song contest what is this yeah. you need to explain this okay so the eurovision song contest is actually 20 years ago is when I got turned on to it because Americans don't know shit about the Eurovision Song Contest. No. But in Europe, every year it's like a thing where every country has a song and then the songs compete against each other and they pick and all the countries vote and they, they pick a winner. And that's it. And it's <laughs> super campy and goofy and weird. Mm-hmm. And I think last year, Logo, which is the gay TV channel, ran it in America. And I was like, yes, <laughs> that is correct because it's campy and weird. Anyway, best best episode of Father Ted is about Eurovision Song Contest, where they, the Irish entry is My Lovely Horse. It's intentionally <laughs> terrible because they don't want to win because you have to host it the next year if you win. So uh, Switzerland was on a roll in the 80s because they brought in Celine Dion to pinch hit for them. She's singing for the country of Switzerland? Yes. In their, in their fucking jam Olympics? Yes. 
Exactly. So, oh, that's so Switzerland so wins with uh, Ne Partez Pas Sans Moi or Don't Leave Without Me, and it sounds exactly like you think a Celine Dion song from the 80s sounds. Oh. <laughs> I don't want to hear any more of that. that, that... I, I started listening to him like, oh, what were the other contestants? Yeah. Uh, here, music, here, music like that, I can only think of like people with really big hair having sex. It's, oh, yeah. Uh, but uh, somewhere in, uh, in games, 19, uh, 1988, mm-hmm. somewhere around this time, again, dates are rough, we get one of my favorite, like a personal favorite game of mine. It's so weird, and I don't know anybody else who likes it, City Connection. Uh, from Jalico. City okay. Connection is a game where you play as a little car and you have three tiers and you basically drive to paint over every single line and you need to fill up the whole level. There it's are cop... Euler Circuits the game? Yeah. I would win this game so hard. You're... You are not... I'm not done. I mean, okay. I'm going to raise the stakes. All Cops right. are also chasing you. Oh, yeah. But you can collect paint cans and throw them at them. Oh. However, drive too much in one direction... There's uh, what do you think? There's a cat. A cat oh, no. will stop you. And if you, if you ever watch the Laser Time video, the intro to that that is the sound of be- hitting the cat in City oh, no. Connection. Uh, I I don't know why I love the game so much because it's just it's one of those really simple arcade games. But it's mm-hmm. I don't know I really love it. Uh, but that ca- that came out somewhere in this period. Good on you, City Connection. Music of 1988. We have new releases. Open up and say ah by Poison. Uh, big op- op- big <laughs> album. Yeah? No, they're they're gonna have the number one song in a couple weeks. This is the big Poison album. Really? Oh my yes. This, I, I, th- yeah, I don't have an album by anybody here. Operation Mindcrime uh, by Queensrÿche. Scenes from the South Side by Bruce Hornsby in the range. <laughs> Stay on these roads by Aha, which includes the Living Daylights, oh, the Bond theme. The Living Daylights. So they didn't. They had more than one hit. They yeah. had two. <laughs> two more than me. Yeah. Uh, and a bunch of debuts. Vivid by Living Color and I'll Be Sure's in Effect Mode and self-titled debuts from the Madness and Melissa Etheridge. That yeah. is just those as debuts. That is a hell of a week. That's Melissa a crazy Etheridge. That's uh, got some. Uh, give me some water on it. Living Color is a fascinating band. Yeah. Um, Because it's a hard rock band that's mostly black. Mm Mm-hmm. And you don't... That doesn't happen. Yeah. Why doesn't that happen? Yeah. But, uh, yeah. It's like them and Thin Lizzy. Got nothing else. Yeah. No, they're... uh, Yeah, and they're, like, musically interesting. They do stuff, so... They do CM Punk's theme. They do. (laughs) Cult of Personality. That's probably their biggest hit. Well, I think that is. I think we'll close out the show with that. Let's do that. But until then, we gotta talk about a 1988 song. When do broken hearts go? Yeah, where do broken hearts go? Where do broken hearts go? By Whitney Houston. Can they find their way home? Taking the charts back. Uh, Let's head out to that. But stay tuned, people, because we're heading headlong into uh, 1998. Where do broken hearts go? Boo, 
sexual performance issues. See, do I have your attention? Are you listening now? Because fellas, we got to talk again about Hims. It's a brand new wellness brand for men, and it might have something that a couple of you might need. There's nothing to be ashamed about. Because did you know that 40% of men by the age of 40 struggle from not being able to maintain an erection? No one's laughing at you, friend. It happens. But you don't need to turn to some weird solution or apparatus when your answer can be found in the trusted fields of science and medicine. Did you know that a certain erectile dysfunction drug starting with a V came off patent last December? That's a game changer. And that's what 4HIMS is offering. And you can try it for $5 today just by going to 4HIMS.com slash TTT. That's three T's, people. 4HIMS is a one-stop shop for hair loss, skin care, and yes, sexual wellness for men. Because thanks to science, ED can be optional. HIMS connects you with real doctors and medical-grade solutions to treat ED. There's no waiting rooms, pharmacy lines, awkward doctor visits. Then you can get the well-known generic equivalents to name-brand prescriptions sent directly to your door for a fraction of the price. It's erectile without the dysfunction by gum. It's hard made easy. But seriously, HIMS is a practical solution to ED that can save you a lot of time and money. Go to the site, answer a few quick questions, and chat with a doctor for a confidential review. So try HIMS for a month today for just $5. We'll get you started for just five bucks while supplies less. Please see the website for details. And remember, this could cost you hundreds if you went to a doctor or pharmacy. Once again, go to forhims.com slash TTT. That's F-O-R-H-I-M-S dot com slash TTT. I wonder if she could tell I'm hard right now. Hmm. Yeah. Come on. Uh, yeah. All right. Hold on. Button that shirt as we're listening to Too Close by Next. It is number one this week in 1998, April 27th through the 3rd. Welcome to 1998. That song should... That should tell you. Yeah, that song does That song does the period justice. Oh we also God. have new releases for 1998. Discouraged Ones by Catatonia, Mezzanine by Massive Attack, Eve6's debut album, uh, End Hits by Fugazi, Capital Punishment by Big Pun, and Before These Crowded Treats by the Dave Matthews Band, yep. uh, which knocked the Titanic soundtrack off of the charts. Yep. Thanks. Thanks, Dave. Thanks, Dave. A uh, little bit of news. A little bit of news for uh, to bring you into 1998. Nothing says 1998 like a pastel clamshell mask. Macintosh computer. Mm. Uh, Apple announces a leaner, cheaper PC in the form of the iMac and holy shit was that bold design choice so I, I love in Steve Jobs uh, where his daughter calls it uh, Judy Jetson's easy bake oven thank you Aaron Sorkin that is perfect yes that's exactly what it looks like it's so crazy because you every once in a while you just see them in a thrift store and it's just like I know exactly what that thing smells feels like what programs are on it it just it, it no other computer marks itself in an era that hard mm. than those pastel iMacs yep and I remember, I only remember, ugh, it's a dumb story. I had a bunch of friends who were basically going to be software engineers, experts at computers. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I went over to a friend's house. His dad worked in tech. And he's like, check this out. And I'm standing by his pool. And he hands me an iMac that's like orange and just just a fucking disgusting looking device. What, like the iBook? The i Those were even uglier, yeah, I thought. It was yeah. like orange and white. Yep. Um, and, and he's like, now go to the internet. I'm like, there's no wire, man. <laughs> I was like this isn't this isn't out yet. Try it out. And I and I'm like I'm sitting in a pool holding a 
pastel iMac <laughs> using the internet over the air. And I go back and tell my friends who are now software engineers at big companies, and like, it was wireless. It was wireless internet. I saw it. And you're like, that's imp- not possible, dude. You're fucking mm-hmm. crazy. You must have been. I love telling them that story. That, that's, how, <laughs> that's, that's how long we've been alive, that my friends didn't believe me that Wi-Fi could work. Yeah. Um, but Jesus yeah, Christ. No, I, I ended up with an iMac. And uh, what I also like, it's not just the iMac became so ubiquitous mm-hmm. and then it's different colors. Mine, mine was teal. Teal. <clears throat> Perfect dorm room color. Blueberry was the first one. This is even post dorms. Mm-hmm. I'm always way behind on technology because I'm, I'm a stingy Jew. So <laughs> you got rid of that iPhone 4. I just did. I just got rid Don't of it. Don't think I didn't notice. Yeah. Um, no, it's not because I'm a stingy Jew. It's because I like to have, <laughs> besides being cheap, mm-hmm. uh, I like to have the bugs worked out. Yeah. And so that's why I'm never an early adopter. I, I wait for the next one and then I'll take the second one. I'll wait. Once the third one is out, I'm taking that totally. second one. Totally. Let the, let the wealthy douchebags bug check. Exactly. And- so, yeah, that's why I'm, I'm all the way up to an iPhone 6 now. I just got because it was like 300 bucks or something and all the kinks have been worked out. Mm-hmm. So, anyway, where was I going with this? You had an so iMac. So, the iMac. Mm-hmm. And what became fun was that design aesthetic took over all of technology. So, yes, I did. had a printer that looked like my <laughs> iMac. I had a, DVD, a CD burner, not DVD yet, CD mm-hmm. burner that looked like my iMac. Everything was sort of the cloudy white, kind of opaque, not quite opaque plastic. Mm-hmm. I actually had a floppy disk drive. <laughs> That I could plug into it because I had all my old college shit on floppy disks, and so I holding like two term papers. Yeah, I don't know. So (laughs) when I was moving stuff onto my iMac, I got that, and I think I still have it because it takes up so little space. It's Mm -hmm. in a box somewhere, and every now and then I turn it up, and I'm like, "Hello, 1999. (laughs) I miss you." Uh, I love I love it because it's that's one of the if you're building a period set, that is just the perfect thing to set in. Oh yeah. If you want to read 1998, and maybe too close by next is playing in the background too. Oh, that's good slow jam. I know what movie won't be playing. No. It's not very popular. Um, in 1998, August 27th through May 3rd, these are the movies that came out. I remember this trying to, they were trying to market this as Patrick Swayze's comeback. Uh-huh. He had kind of been struggling as a leading man at, going into the 90s. But yeah. by all accounts, nice dude. Good actor. Oh, everyone says he's like the nicest guy. Yeah, great looking guy. Like up and up until his dying day, beautiful looking man. Well, he um, found where he should have been, and I was so bummed that the, then he died. He needed. He should have had like a procedural TV show. Yeah, where well, he's he like, had, like a one cop. season, right? Yeah, like a copper detective. As he got older and craggier, mm-hmm. that was perfect totally. for him. And then he fucking died. Such a bummer that we don't have Swayze with us anymore. But we had him for a little bit in 1998 yeah. with uh, along with Charles Dutton, uh, Meatloaf. Oh. And uh, I think Randy Travis is the villain. Oh, do they do it? <laughs> I don't know. Uh, the movie Black Dog. Jack's driving days were over. I lost my license permanently when I went to prison. Bet you miss that life, don't you? Until the day he got an offer. I got a load I need brought up from Atlanta. It's off the books. He couldn't refuse. Even with what we both make, we are too far behind. I was offered a job today. Driving. Driving. Oh no, now Angry Meatloaf is coming out. Angry Meatloaf. Too bad it's filled with uh, illegal artillery. Oh um, no. So yes, he ends up being a runner for the uh, Southern mob. I also well, he's think... wearing a bolo tie, Meatloaf, <laughs> and that tells you. Tells you Guns is involved. Yeah, and, and I, I know I saw this, but I get it confused with the movie Breakdown. Um, yeah, Breakdown's Kurt Russell, yeah. too, so, and there's a truck involved, right. and Rednecks. So <laughs> yeah, that's easy to confuse. Speaking of Rednecks, Diana, uh-huh. never heard of this film, mm-hmm. but it looks... 
a little interesting. Dancer Texas, Population 81. What a terrible title. Uh, yeah. <laughs> but we have early appearances from Ethan Henry and uh, Brecken Meyer. Mm-hmm. I believe it's about a bunch of kids who grow up in a tiny town in Texas and dream about moving to L.A., but they don't know why. What you want to do now? Welcome to Dancer Texas, Population 81. You will be once more faced with the latent power of lust. A town... <laughs> Where four friends swore, come graduation day, they're out of there. Hell, we bought our bus tickets two years ago. And going here. You know what I'm going to do first thing when we get out to L.A.? We sit on that corner. Uh, Hollywood and Vine. Hollywood and Vine. Yeah, I, remember, I, I don't know. Mm-hmm. I, I grew up in a small town, and I remember having these conversations. Mm-hmm. It seems like a, a kind of a, I don't know, not for everybody type of movie. but like. Yeah. And I eventually did it. Went to a big city before mm-hmm. I left it. Um, <laughs> But uh, also this week, I'm glad you're here to talk about this. Mm-hmm. Uh, who is the title character Les Miserables? He's a car dealer. <laughs> so Les I, Miserable Chevrolet. And I don't know anything about Les Miserables. Yeah. Um, and I, does this, is this like a famous line from the play or anything? One day I stood in front of a window full of bread. There was just glass between me and not being hungry anymore. So I broke it and took what I wanted. And then they caught me and put me in chains for almost 20 years. Les, les Miserables. Right. So this is not an adaptation of the musical. This is an adaptation of the book. Yes. That's that's why I thought it was odd because like it's kind of, that's not a lot of space to like totally do a straight up remake of this mm. movie. So this one, no musical numbers. No musical numbers. Mm. Straight straight from the book. Man, uh, that had to disappoint a ton of like internetless I'm Broadway sure fans. I'm sure there were a lot of people that was like, oh my God, Liam Neeson can sing? <laughs> no. And Jeffrey no, Rush can't. and Uma Thurman and Claire Danes? <clears throat> no. Jeffrey Rush is good casting for the for Javert. I think that's he's he's a kind of a tortured guy. That's so, so weird though. What would be the mo- I guess they just assume it has name recognition, but no one wants to really make a musical at this point. Even right. at, at this point when we talk about Disney, they'd kind of stop. There were yeah. no more musical numbers in their films. Yeah. So this is yeah, musicals dead and decaying mm-hmm. at this point. I mean, yeah, I guess Oh, I don't know if I even want to say like Moulin Rouge is when we start getting musicals again. Mm. Um, uh, there's got to be one before that that I can think of. But yeah, now very occasionally we'll get a musical and sometimes they'll be awesome like Chicago and sometimes they'll be not awesome like the musical Les Miserables, which I thought was terrible, but that's just <laughs> me. Hugh Jackman was good. Anyway. Um, I prefer Russell Crowe. There's, there's a... <laughs> I didn't mean to shake you. <laughs> there's a, a 30s version uh adaptation of the book that i think is way better really yeah yeah with um charles lawton as javert i actually felt things watching that really kind of old stuffy 30s movie compared to watching any other version of limits i actually gave a crap well i'm not going to see this movie but i have seen several times mm-hmm. the number one movie at the box office spike lee's he got game Ooh. uh denzel washington ray allen mila jovovich and john Turturro. um Really like this movie. It's, yeah, it's one of my, um. I, it's it seems odd that like, man, Spike Lee did so much good stuff with Denzel Washington, but it kind of only after Malcolm X, it only happens like once every ten years. Mm. Or do they make a movie together? But he got game. It's this, it's kind of a forgotten Spike Lee movie, and yeah. I don't think that's fair. I think it's a good movie. It is, and it's it's oh, it's just beautiful to look at because mm. it's all shot in the real like real life locations, and it's I think the story is that Denzel Washington is in jail for murdering his wife. Mm-hmm. But uh, the governor offers to reduce his sentence if his son 
will go to a college and play basketball for them. Right. So he's got to convince his estranged son, who he like whipped into a basketball pro, to, to go to a college he may not want to. You have a son named Jesus Shuttlesworth. Is your son considered the number one high school prospect in these United States? He's awesome, baby, with a capital A. <laughs> Governor's made a request that your son seriously consider enrolling in his alma mater, big state. The governor's given me his word. He'll do everything in his power to cut your time here short. The NC2A deadline is one week away. Two parole officers will be assigned to you. Yeah, I guess I better get working now. Um, yeah, uh, it's also like uh, Jesus, the son, is played mm-hmm. by a real basketball player, Ray Allen. Yeah. And like looking at the casting behind it, like it was supposed to be Kobe Bryant because he really? looked because he looked young enough to be in high school because mm-hmm. that was the real problem. Yeah, they talk about the people who tried out and that just flat out like, yeah, this dude sucked. He can't <laughs> act. Uh, but they, they went out of their way to like cast a real NBA player. Yeah, that's and, a good move. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, he got a game. You should definitely check that out. I fucking love Spike Lee Denzel Washington movies. Yeah. Um, I'm trying to think if there's any I don't like. I'm, I, I... Mo Better Blues, I just don't remember. Oh, that's true. I don't remember it very well either. Yeah, but, but everything um, else. Goddamn. I don't remember liking it well enough. Mm-hmm. But yeah. I mean, Malcolm X is a fucking masterpiece. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Everybody go watch that. And, oh, I'm forgetting it. The Bank Heist movie. Inside Man. Inside Man. We've talked really about good. on yeah. this show. And turns out, yeah, it's pretty good, too. Uh, I am mad. As we move into TV, I got mm-hmm. mad at Everybody's Love Ray- Loves Raymond. Why? Because when I look through these, I haven't seen all these shows. I barely watched Everybody Loves Raymond. First thing I have to go on when I'm looking at what aired mm-hmm. is the title. And if I see a title like that seems like something significant that happens or a pop culture event, I'll go after it. And briefly, this tricked me to lead me into it was something more important than it was because it's called Six Feet Under. I'm like, oh, my God, who dies? <laughs> who dies on Everybody Loves Raymond with a title like Six Feet Under? But that's not what it's about. It's a deceptive title. And they were clever and I'm mad at them. I'm six feet tall. Honey, maybe you were six feet tall, but you just shrunk a little bit. <laughs> Shrunk. Oh, that happens, you know. As you get older, people tend to just sh- shrink. Look, it's not I, a big deal. It happens to everyone. I'm shrinking Ray. now. Ray, now don't get all you know. Oh my God, I'm shrinking. Ray, Ray. That is, he's under six feet. He's uh, shrinking. Nobody's dead. I didn't have to look into that. Equally deceptive in terms of uh, TV titles. The episode of News Radio, titled 420. Oh, no. 420, which I think it is only titled that because it is the 20th episode of the fourth season. Uh, but, uh, no yes, fair. if you would like to see uh, Andy Dick defeat Joe Rogan in a UFC, rest, UFC ring octagon, that this is where it happens. He subdues to tickling. Uh, <laughs> yeah. I don't know who I'm rooting for there, God. That's a real tough it's one. It's an alien versus predator situation. Mm, no, no one wins. Whoever wins, we lose. I uh, want to give a quick shout out to our UK listeners, if we have any. Uh, um, Tots TV concludes, mm-hmm. which is a horrifying looking children's show in the United Kingdom featuring like real life Cabbage Patch Kids. Look ah. it up. It'll, it'll make you scared. Ah, um, it's going out just as Teletubbies comes into the U.S. too. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And on April 30th, the episode of Friends airs the one uh, the one with the worst best man. Uh, when you have two best friends, who's going to be your best man? So uh, any ideas for the bachelor party yet? Whoa, whoa, whoa. Before you start handing out wedding rings and planning bachelor parties, don't you have to decide who your best man's going to be? Oh, it's awkward. It's awkward. It's awkward. <laughs> Joey's stupid. Sort of already asked Chandler. What? He got to do it at your first wedding. 
Joey, I, I figured you'd understand. I mean, I, I've known him a lot longer. Come on, Ross. Look, I, I don't have any brothers. I'm never going to get to be a best man. You can be the best man when I get married. I'm never going to get to be a best man. <laughs> wait, wait. So you get to be my best man twice, and I don't get to be yours at all? Oh, no. You, yeah, of course you can be my best man. <laughs> Tee-hee, tee-hee. Wow. We're not even out of the opening credits. This <laughs> exactly. Is, this is a tight show. Man, Friends does not get quite the respect I think it deserves for, for its plotting. Yeah. And yeah, setting up. I'm, they're setting up the whole episode. Credits aren't over. Yeah, and, and, and this is a, Diana, this is a real situation that is I hard know. for guys. And I have, I, I came up with the best advice on accident. Was my One of my friends was struggling over it. Ask your dad. Aww. Just do that. You'll make everybody happy. And you will not alienate any of your friends by having to choose the best one. Ask your dad if you can. Ask your stepdad. Ask ask an old man who you bring to tears <laughs> over the opportunity to be your best man. Aww. You might not get a good strip club visit out of it. Mm. That's that's one thing. But uh, you'll make everybody else happy. Uh, also, May, May 3rd, The Last Dawn airs. Oh, um, right. TV movie? TV movie. Yeah. Uh, Danny Aiello, Joe Mantegna, uh, Daryl Hannah. I think it's it's Mario Puzo. Right. Based on a Puzo book thing, about yeah. A book about a mafia Don trying to get his family to go straight. Uh, and makes this incredibly intricate plan, and it's kind of ridiculous, um, That, as far as I read about it. Uh, but on May 3rd, Simpsons airs an episode called King of the Hill. While King of the Hill airs Life, <laughs> Life in the Fast Lane, Bobby Saga. Uh, very confusing. <laughs> that is in, that is not the episode where the hills show up on The Simpsons. Okay. Uh, it is something different entirely. And uh, on the, this episode of King of the Hill, it's, it's odd. It's the first and only appearance of a nascar uh celebrity dale earnhardt the only right like you'd figure you'd someone else in arlen there'd be a nascar celebrity involved there's tons of country stars and or just play not even playing a nascar mm-hmm. driver just right. playing somebody else i was shocked to learn only one NAS- wow. only one nascar driver i was ever on king of the hill and a terrible way to close this out nick freno licensed teacher takes a bow over on the wb or something I one of those channels i didn't remember. have uh but we do have some games and some really really good ones mm-hmm. uh point blank you ever, mm-hmm. ever seen Point Blank, Diana? I've seen the movie Point Blank. No, this is nothing like that. It's no. even better. Ooh. Because Point Blank um, was a really cool game. Like, you heard of Time Crisis? Yeah. When uh, at Namco, obviously arcades are way bigger in Japan, still are. They When they sold Time Crisis to home uh, to the home consoles, you have this giant gun con, this intricate controller that kind of only works with Time Crisis. Mm-hmm. Point Blank is just this cute little game. I think in Japan it's it's called Gun Bullet. <laughs> <laughs> But it's just a collection of cute mini games that you play with the gun con. There's no dire situation. You're not saving the president's daughter. You're not mm. shooting bad guys. It's just cute, colorful series of events that you can do over and over again for points. And I really did like the series. And I think it became pretty rare uh, during this period. But I really liked it. My buddy had it. We played it all the time. I didn't play a ton of Unreal. Mm-hmm. A very, very fast shooter that came out this week. But what I did play was very lucky to play what some call the best game on the Sega Saturn. Panzer Dragoon Saga. Hmm. Very, very interesting game. Four discs. Four discs. Uh, what what is what do any of these words mean? So Panzer Dragoon was like it's the best I'll call it the best Panzer Dragoon next Knights and Panzer Dragoon are kind of like the best thing the Saturn had going. So Saturn kind of prioritized sprites over polygons. So like the PlayStation looked like it had more powerful 3D. Mm-hmm. And Sega's games looked a little uglier when they went 3D because they didn't prioritize correctly. But the two games they did create for this this the system were Knights and Panzer Dragoon, which offered you the ability to ride on a dragon and basically shoot shit around you. It's it's a yeah. simple concept, but just led to like gorgeous, gorgeous scenes and 
in, I don't want to say decent story, but it's just like it was a world I really like to travel to to play a very traditional game. Panzer Dragoon Saga is like, fuck this, we're going full RPG. You can now open world, go in any direction you want with the dragon instead of being funneled down a line of hmm. beautiful shit. You can change all this stuff. Even the, the NPCs, like, you know, you talk to a guy in an RPG village and he'll say something and that's all he can say. Right. They recorded dialogue you may never hear because they always, they had multiple different things they could say. It was wow. like, it, it, it wasn't an RPG. It's going from like this traditional game to a full-on RPG while remaining true to its roots. Really, really good. However, the game came out, I think, after Sega said, we're canceling the Saturn. So oh, I, I think they said 20,000 copies made it to America. I was lucky enough, just walked in a game store, I heard this is good, and I bought it. And like weeks later, it's like, that game is gone, and no one can find it. And there's no way to pirate shit yet. It was just gone. So very few people have played it. They have never re-released it. Uh, but I think it's an excellent game. I sold it to buy books in college for $170 and I've never regretted anything more and you probably have one in your house and you don't even fucking know it. Your <laughs> fucking husband has every game. Anyway, Panzer Dragon Saga, I love you. Well, let's take us out with uh, He Got Game by Public Enemy. Yeah. I think yet again contributing to a Spike Lee soundtrack. Mm-hmm. Word. Yep. All right, we will be back, folks, in 2008. It might feel good, it might sound a little something, but damn the game if it don't mean nothing. What is game? Who got game? Where's the game in life? Behind the game, behind the game. I got game, she got game, we got game, they got game, he got game. It might feel good, it might sound a little something, but fuck the game if it ain't saying nothing. Would you like exclusive bonus podcast commentaries and more from the Laser Time crew? Then we strongly encourage you to support this show on patreon.com slash laser time. It supports not only this show, but all the rest of the Laser Time Network. You'll get commentaries, play games with the hosts, see exclusive videos first, and receive an uncut weekly ad-free podcast bonus time. Speaking of which, here's a quick taste. A bunch of my inside jokes, and I think you've heard me basically plagiarize your version of stories on the show if you've listened to that's enough. Just, I haven't run into that many I feel like the first time I might have caught something it was back when you were doing a talk radar and you guys would like write articles and stuff too mm-hmm. so I don't remember the content of the article but I just remember the headline said something about ain't no goddamn pussy or something <laughs> like that I'm like I know what that is it was just sort of an inside joke well yeah it was based on the uh, 2004 election you know back then there was the term like soccer mom and that year they originated the term uh, NASCAR dad which is supposed to be like the male equivalent not a term yeah which is crazy and I'm like I've lived in the forever i don't know anyone who watches nascar right and, you know? and nor do i take my kid to nascar exactly like <laughs> goodbye bobby me and our mutual friend brian were brian has been on the show yeah i think i heard him in a commercial yes recently, when i was listening to the ones uh years ago but uh we were just bouncing around like what that is and it came up with something like nascar dads are conservative they don't like homosexuals <laughs> and they ain't no goddamn pussies <laughs> and that was you know that's what an ask our dad was to us and that just sort of um, I, viraled its way through the friend group <laughs> it did every time we were describing a conservative it's like he ain't no goddamn pussy <laughs> and it's like you know like why did you support this shitty policy because daddy didn't raise no goddamn pussy it's just like daddy raised uh, tobacco well he might have raised some turnips but he didn't raise no, no goddamn, goddamn pussy, pussy. <laughs> Get Bonus Time, a weekly uncensored and commercial-free podcast every Tuesday, starting for just $5 on Patreon.com slash LazerTime.
internet and all the ships at sea, it's time for Diana's Classic Corner, where we look even further back in time this week to see if there's anything worth a watching. And for the week of April 27th through May 3rd, honestly, it's a weird week. Um, 75 years ago this week, 1943, it's it's like all propaganda. <laughs> it's, you know, tonight we raid Calais and air raid wardens, Sherlock Holmes in Washington, where they, you know, make a big deal about Sherlock Holmes is fighting Nazis now. Um, out of all of those, I, I feel bad recommending a movie I haven't seen, but I will go see it by the time you hear this. Released 75 years ago this week, uh, April 30th, 1943, I Walked with a Zombie by Jacques, Jacques Tourneux, um, who was uh, obviously a French director brought over to Hollywood who made some pretty stylish horror movies. Um, and this one, it's got like 92% on Rotten Tomatoes, so I feel bad I haven't seen it yet as someone who does love classic horror. So, I Walked With a Zombie is kind of my conditional recommend this week. Um, just looking at other stuff going on 50 years ago this week. A fun, uh, Vincent Price hammer horror type movie, Witchfinder General, uh, aka The Conqueror Worm, where he plays a Witchfinder General. And if you haven't ever seen, like, a hammer horror movie, it's worth checking out, like, one or two, because they have their own, it's a, it's a British style of remaking classic horror type stuff so like the Christopher Lee Dracula movies is sort of their bread and butter um and they they do them in a in a colorful lurid sort of way that it's a lot of fun and Vincent Price hunting down witches is, is always fine with me um and also uh it's the 50th anniversary of the odd couple May 2nd 1968 uh starring Jack Lemmon and Walter Matthau which is weird because what three weeks ago two weeks ago we had odd couple two so it was 40 years almost to the day 30 years almost to the day because that came out in 98 right anyway the original odd couple it's just so damn cute uh i guess i'll recommend it kind of a light recommend i feel like uh lemon and Matthau, i like them better together in say the fortune cookie but that's just me anyway that's it for this week stay classic No homo. I say he's so sweet. I wanna lick the rapper. So I let her lick the rapper. She 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 lick me like a lollipop. She she lick me like a lollipop. Lollipop. She lick me like a lollipop. This has been all slow jams, man. Yeah. No matter what, something about late April, early May. I don't know what it is. It must be the changing of the seasons. That's that's lollipop by. By Lil Wayne featuring Static. It's number one. Yep. Yeah. Uh, new releases in 2008. We are smack dab in uh, April 27th through May 3rd. Uh, new releases. Imperial Wax Solvent by The Fall. Can't Love, Can't Hurt by August Augustana. Uh, VYP by Lil Mama. Life Change by uh, Life Jennings. Third by Portishead. Uh, their first album in 11 years. Yep. Jesus, take a break. Uh, Tip of the Iceberg by Newfound Glory and Santo Gold's self-titled debut, as well as Hard Candy by Madonna. I can't yep. name a single song off Hard Candy. There is one. I think we'll play it next week because mm. there's other stuff I wanted to play this week. Okay. Type through in there. But. Well, let's do it. Let's bring you into 2008 by doing something appropriate from the era from the news. <laughs> Nothing says 2008 uh, like Microsoft trying to buy Yahoo. Mm. Uh, but it didn't happen. They pull uh, they pull its $42 million takeover bit of Yahoo and they move it on to greener pastures as they announce TV shows will now go on sale in the Zune marketplace. Aww. The Zune. See? There's, there's stuff that's evocative of 2008. Oh. Right. What? I'm sorry about your Zune. <laughs> I never had a Zune. Like I said, I'm a late adopter, so I never bothered. But I got to tell you what the most exciting thing is about this week in 2008. For a Marvel nerd such as me, yeah. wait, we'll have to wait, wait to get to that. Let's go. Let's Hero Wanted with Cuba Gooding Jr. and Ray Liotta. That came out Maid of Honor with Michelle Monica and, and Patrick Dempsey. Nice. Right. Nice try, the guys. 
This is the week Iron Man debuts in theaters. There's been speculation that I'm parading around as a superhero. I'm just not the, the hero type, clearly. This this rocked my goddamn world. I bet it did, because I was there with you to go see this with mm -hmm. the other bunch of comic book nerds that I know. <laughs> and I had never heard of Iron Man. Yeah, I think that was part of it because I just fell in walking in completely cold. I fell in love and with seeing Iron... their reactions. Yeah, I, I fell in love with Iron Man through video games because I just oh. thought he looked cool and he, he wasn't Marvel's biggest star and he's really only got to head up the MCU because of rights involving the X Men and Spider Man and the more, unquestionably more popular characters <laughs> that other studios had the rights to. But this is I was I never thought I'd live in a world where I'd see an Iron Man movie, and I never thought I'd live in a world where it'd be played by Robert Downey Jr., mm. who I just fell in love with all over again after Kiss Kiss Bang Bang. I was yeah. I couldn't have been more excited, and the movie was just so fucking great. Yep, the movie was great, and I and we we have a tenth anniversary episode of like we've been podcasting for ten years, and so we're podcasting like a week after this comes out, and Marvel's talking big like, mm. yeah, we want to do a, a Thor movie and a Captain America movie, and eventually lead to an Avengers movie. I'm like bullshit, <laughs> bullshit. That's never gonna happen, and we'll never live to see it. And it's like it's just ubiquitous now. We it's it's further evidence of like mad guys in our mid twenties. I'm like, why we got everything we wanted. We yeah. wanted this guy to play. We wanted. <clears throat> we wanted Patrick Stewart to play Professor Xavier. We got it. Uh, we wanted. A, we wanted a connected Iron Man movies. We got it. And like that was so fucking nuts to like in that movie to walk out to, to, to be sitting in that movie theater and not know that they're starting a connected universe. And for right. Sam Jackson to show up at the end in a post credit sequence, <laughs> I think their post credit sequences have sucked for the last few years because yeah. at that time it was like mind blowing. The reveal of Thor's hammer, mm. uh, a brand new character. And the one in, I didn't, I don't think we, we didn't fully know what was happening because the incredible Hulk came out a few weeks later. Yeah. It's like a month, couple months later, a couple months later. And Robert Downey Jr. Shows up in the post credit scene in that yeah. movie. And like, and what they the promoted that. They too. did. They That's did the after thing. Iron Man became so popular so immediately that, that they sold. They helped sell Hulk as like Iron Man's in this. And it's like no, I he's think, not. I think I knew going in that Robert Downey Jr. was going to appear in that Hulk movie, mm -hmm. but they didn't give it. A, they gave it away a week later. Right. Because like Iron Man is huge, and I, I'm just oh, I'm just awash with happy vibes of how fucking fun this was. If you grew up loving these comics, and we did a, a big video series about Marvel cards, it was awesome that you got to see these characters hang out in different storylines and comic books, and it was just something we assumed would never happen with movies. Mm. And Marvel really got its shit together. Yeah. And That's it does what this whole... I mean, people complain, and as a film snob, I am obligated to complain about superheroes taking over the movies. And mm -hmm. That's all we goddamn get anymore. This just, we've had eight superhero movies this year. Mm -hmm. I really, really respect what Marvel has done. Because I, I think... It's incredibly clever that they took all these people who are either third tier like i like i said never heard of iron man never heard of thor uh, doctor doctor strange has a movie never heard of doctor strange uh i'd only heard of captain america because he looks like the cheesiest <laughs> giant boy scout mf -er, like oh my god i'm gonna make fun of that guy so hard he sucks it's, and, it's, oh. and then to see them you know really they build on character a mm -hmm. lot so that even though i know nothing about this stuff I can understand it immediately, mm -hmm. um, and I can care, and I I get it. And then you know we got lots of spectacle. Let's put in some real good actors. Let's put in some Jeff Bridges in there, mm -hmm. Ringer, Gwyneth Paltrow. As much as I complain about her in you know real life, she's good. <laughs> she can act. 
Yeah. Um, yeah, and just, you know, good supporting cast. John Favreau can come in, too. Well, he can direct it, and he can be in it. Whatever. I, Hi, John Favreau. I was at a Comic-Con, and he's like, yeah, I want to make The Avengers. And, like, he was totally earnest about it. And I, I forget why he didn't get to do it, but he's still an mm-hmm. executive producer on it. But, like, yeah. he kept saying it. I'm like, dude, it's never going to happen. Stop saying it. You'll never get an Avengers movie out there. Yeah, and just, I mean, treating it with a certain groundedness. Right. That the, yes. That's starting with Iron Man as opposed to starting with Thor is brilliant. Yeah. Because this guy, we understand him. He's basically asshole Batman. Yes. It, well, it we also understand. Like the, the condensation of Iron Man's origins and storyline. Mm-hmm. You get to see his original suit in the movie. It's condensed mm-hmm. it so well into a two-hour product that he's kidnapped by people stealing his own weapons. And he decides to not. Stark mm-hmm. Industries will no longer make weapons anymore. And I got, I don't know. I got to tell you one other thing I really like about it. Mm-hmm. And this is a nerdy thing. This, to me, the, the ending of the movie, in addition to the cameo. I was going to talk about this too. It just set the tone so fucking well. I, I, I'm just not the, the hero type, clearly. With this uh, laundry list of character defects, all the mistakes I made, largely public. Yeah. Truth is, I am Iron Man. (laughs) (laughs) Boom, the movie fucking slammed shut. Into the song. It's the movie slammed shut. And and part of the reason why we looked at a lot of superhero movies as corny and cheesy, because they all deal with the same fucking tropes. Mm -hmm. And I didn't know how Marvel was going to handle this. Tony Stark in the comics is pretty public about who he is but the movie just said immediately you are never ever going to see a story about hiding his identity yeah that is never going to happen yeah that's that more than anything i mm-hmm. feel like that differentiates it right it's just from the right there fr- to end the movie like that like because yeah. I, was, I was like no don't like, do this don't no, have him deny no. being iron man no he's not gonna put on some glasses and be like no no i'm <laughs> iron man's cousin fred yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it, I, don't, I don't know. This is. It's, I really want to revisit this again. I haven't yeah. watched it in a while, but I, I have a feeling it holds up really well. Yeah. Especially because it doesn't have like the shared any shared universe baggage. No. It's not laying any new storyline. It's odd to think of this as the first. Iron Man is the first in the MCU. Uh, mm-hmm. But it's been 10 years, baby, and yeah. it's all about to come to an end. Well, in some ways, they're, they're world building without having... They're starting small. Mm-hmm. They're, they're not having to do bigger crazier stuff this mm-hmm. is basically exists in our world mm-hmm. uh except for you know unobtainium type whatever <laughs> that you know could do the super thing um i will say that i think they've done such a good job with character that you know how i just talked about how much i <laughs> think captain america sucks yeah he's my favorite character yeah. in the mcu now uh, you should read his comics they're amazing i never thought i would say captain america is pretty damn interesting yeah because he always looks so cheesy. Like, he's going to tell me to eat my vegetables yeah. and do what my teacher says. And, and they, for the last 15 to 20 years in comics, he's always used like that. He is not a piece of patriotic propaganda, even though he was. Mm-hmm. He just embodies the ideals of America in 1940. And it always ends up doing something you wouldn't expect, like defying the government yeah. or uh, protecting a, a murderer. Um, it, it's he's always doing something different. I love Captain America so much, and I thought for years that I did not, but he's been used very interest, interestingly on screen and off. Yeah, goddamn. Oh, the glee, the glee <laughs> of all you comic book nerds when we went to get beers <laughs> afterwards. Because I was just walking out being like, "Well, that was a lot of fun." You know, I didn't know what I was getting, but mm-hmm. that was that was a lot of fun. I think they did a good job. 
And I knew that, okay, whatever it was that uh, Samuel L. Jackson was talking about is like setting up the next movie. Yeah. I figured that that's a tease to a sequel. I didn't know that was a tease to a f- universe. universe. Yeah. A gi- not a franchise, but a an entire universe of properties. And you guys were so gleeful and talking about, I can't believe they got Samuel L. Jackson because, okay, when they started remaking uh, Nick Fury, like he used to be a white guy and like David Hasselhoff played him. <laughs> and then, but now like they remade him to look like Samuel L. Jackson. Like they got his permission to do it. But then he's actually Samuel L. Jackson. Yeah, that, that, that's, an, that's an important geeky distinction oh to make. Oh my that, God. Like, that, it that was Nick like, Fury forever was a white dude. He was p- played by David Hasselhoff in, uh, what is it, Mark Millar's Ultimates. Mm-hmm. The Ultimates are like the one time Marvel had a separate universe. There's... 616 and there's this ultimate mm-hmm. universe where they can like retell Spider-Man's story from the beginning but it doesn't involve what's happening and what's been established for years. Right. It was a good way to get on board with comics. So it's the Avengers, mm. new, the new story of the Avengers and they're called the Ultimates and this Nick Fury who leads them together is a black man with an eye patch mm-hmm. and he even says in the comic from like years before this movie, I want to be played by Sam Jackson <laughs> in the movie. He, it, the words come out of his mouth and into the comic bubble <laughs> And then we all said, yes, we want to see that too. We like this Nick Fury better. And it fucking happened with the, <laughs> the right guy. It was just so rewarding. So rewarding. Yeah, just, just I can't believe they're laying groundwork. Like, are they going to do Thor? They can't do Thor. Thor's like, I don't know, man. And just everyone gets uh, the next one gets announced. And I just watch everyone pee themselves. It was so much fun. Well, to be like, like they're doing Doctor Strange. You know, you know how many movies have tried this, and like, yes. it's it's so risky. Most people would never even embark up, upon an endeavor yeah. like this. And it's only worked for Marvel. I've seen some of the, the shitty seventies versions they tried. The Doctor Strange, <laughs> who looks he it's a real oh tough my God, watch. He looks like John Holmes. <laughs> I can't get over that. Ugh. But but it's got Jessica Walter in it, so she's cool. Um, <laughs> oh, and, and also we should mention... Oh, one um, of the Captain Americas I've seen, too. Oh, oh wait, yes. The 1989 Captain America. Unwatchable. Yeah, and, and we should also mention Terrence Howard. Oh, yep. Which, Sorry, I guess you're dead now. Uh, he <laughs> sort of fucked himself, but he's on like the biggest show on television yeah, right now. So, But true. I forget exactly what... I think he demanded more money. I think yeah. people said he was kind of a dick. Mm-hmm. But when you watch this movie, you'll be like, that's not Don Cheadle, and you'll be right. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but anyway... Which is too bad. I kind of... I, I like Don Cheadle in the part because he's he plays it... He's a little lighter. Like, yeah. he's still very serious military guy, but he's he's got more of a sense of humor. Terrence Howard always feels very intense. No, Rudy's kind of intense. He's pretty intense. He's a war hero. Um, But, all right, let's stop talking about okay. Iron Man because I don't have to talk. We now know we get to talk about the Marvel Cinematic Universe on 302010. This is the yeah. first of many conversations. And so we're, I, I die. we're 10 years in mm-hmm. and we're like 19 movies, mm-hmm. I think, right? And the next one up is... Third adventure. It's movie? happening right now. Yeah. Yeah. The th- oh the, yeah. The yeah. third adventure movie. Yes. Yeah. The third. Well, you know, part three point zero because mm-hmm. there's two of them. And yeah, they that. just said that they're treating them like two separate movies. Oh, there's okay. not. There's probably not a cliffhanger. They not to be watched together. Yeah, It'll but, have a different name. But ever since then, I've just I've been watching people's watching folks' reaction of like they're gonna do Guardians of the Galaxy. Yeah, that's insane. <laughs> really. Oh, this is going to be the one. This is going to be the one that fails. There's no way people are going to buy it's this. It's never happened. There's going to be a talking tree and a raccoon in it. No one's going to buy this. Huge hit. They released Black Panther, a movie everybody said, nobody wants to see a black superhero, and it turns out everybody Everyone. was so fucking wrong. You assholes. Yep. Fucking assholes. We did a little laser time piece in that when we talked about Black Panther called The Long Hard Road of the Black Superhero Movie. Because mm-hmm. it's, 
I hate it when they say, like, it's not reliant on the character being black. It's just, how are you treating the material? Is this an... Or, Steel is a crazy movie that doesn't respect <laughs> the source material. Meteor Man is a fucking... Like, they took the wrong things away from Richard Donner's Superman. Mm. It made it too much of a comedy. Uh, anyway, enough of that. I cannot talk. I have plenty of time to talk about Marvel elsewhere. Uh, we got to talk about TV for 2008. August 27th, April 27th through May 3rd. Uh, let's talk a little bit about Family Guy. Give Family Guy some love. Uh, okay. One of the reasons I like to give Family Guy some love, uh, it just doesn't give a fuck about like adding things to its canon that just seem impossible. Or, but just it's so absurd. Like They don't have to deal with everything they bring up and introduce to the show, such right. as... Uh, former Life of Brian, this episode that aired uh, April 27th. Brian finds out he has a human teenage son. What? So let's enjoy this clip of uh, Dylan meeting Chris, and that means Seth Green talking to himself. <laughs> and this is Chris. Chris, this is my son, Dylan. Hi, Dylan. All this stuff in here is mine now. Oh. Well, okay, but be careful opening the closet, because that's where the evil monkey lives. <laughs> Yay! I haven't been in my closet for years. Boy, there is a lot of feces in here. (laughs) At the same moment introducing Brian's son, they kill him. They kill the evil monkey. They they kill an old joke. Uh, But yes, I always admire Family Guy for doing that. Just kind of not giving a fuck. Oh, also on April 27th, John Adams concludes. uh, R.I.P. Oh, my God. It turns out America was good in the end. (laughs) Yeah. John Adams did some things that were not good, though. Yeah, most presidents Looking do. at you, Alien and Sedition Axe. I have no idea what that is. They were bad. Okay. I believe you. You know what else is bad? What? The WB trying to renew its brand with an online presence. Oh, no. It, I, I would guess, I looked into this a little bit, I would guess they smartly had seen the internet becoming a thing and kind of like, for all the shows that were made on the WB, they had rights to those shows. Mm-hmm. So they're like, yeah, our channel failed, but we can take all these old shows that we have and put a stream online streaming service i never heard of this i never knew up until like four years ago the wb was an online streaming channel no because did we talk about in 30 2010 that's the upn paramount's network and the wb warner brothers network both had to merge into the cw so they but it apparently existed online old ass episode of gilmore girls buffy veronica mars hanging with mr cooper children's hospital debuted there as a streaming only show before hitting adult swim yeah yeah, I think it's it's that's another writer strike thing because they didn't have oh. any programs and Children's Hospital was ready and most of the world hadn't seen it because it was on the WB online. <laughs> and uh, there's a series produced by McGee called Sorority Forever that ran for four years that I've never heard anybody mention. No, but it it has over seven million views. Uh, on, it had seven million views and now exists nowhere. Oh. But yes, the WB had a second life online. I never even heard of it. Never even heard of it. Nope. Because uh, I was too busy watching The Riches, which is uh, closing out this week. Do you ever see The Riches? Yeah, yeah. The was it uh, Eddie Izzard and, and Minnie Driver, Minnie, Minnie Driver right. playing con con artists mm-hmm. who take over what another rich person's life. Yeah, yeah. Respectable show that I fell off on at some point. Yeah, and, I kind of did too. You know, I don't want to pour any fuel in the fire when I talk about loss because I I tend to do it pretty negatively. Yes. But this episode that aired on May first, something nice back at home where Jack gets appendicitis. Uh, it's during the flash forward season of the fourth mm. season scored a record low ratings for the show oh. uh, it's the lowest rated show up until that point because do you remember like Lost was this huge phenomenon yeah uh, and at, I think it was the fourth season 
It's just like, okay, you do not get 20 episodes a season anymore. You get 10 and you'll play them in a row. Mm-hmm. And that's how this is going to work because people are really falling off on this show. We can't well, keep yeah, extending this. They've been spinning their wheels yeah. for years. It's four seasons, probably the guilty of that. The guiltiest oh, of that. Yeah. yeah. Oh, lost. I regret I... so much about watching you. Yeah, I do too. That's that's one of those things. I shouldn't that... say that. We had big lost parties and we were all watching and talking about it. That shit was all really fun. It just felt like it didn't gel into something meaningful. Yeah. And worth speculating about. Yeah, I feel like they it's it's not fair to have a mystery that actually does not have an answer. Right. Yes, exactly. So you're you're cheating when you do that. Yeah, it's one of those things where it's like I. There were a couple different times where I'm like, I am done with this shit. <laughs> and then it's just a sunk cost fallacy. It's like once they say, okay, we have an end point, we're working toward it. Then I'm like, well, I might as well. That, I, I think they did I've that to spent, our responses. I've spent so much time on this, I might as well get there. I don't remember the episode, but I remember seeing like Libby in a mental institution and like, that's it. This is too fucking mm. dumb. I'm not doing, I'm not dealing with the show anymore. Uh, and I moved on over. To Zoe 101, <laughs> which aired, which, which concluded the day after on May May 2nd, uh, featuring, what is it, Jamie Lynn Spears? Oh, oh, right, right, right. Now, what I don't know is she got pregnant, like, right away yeah. after this. Did they cancel the show? I because they we covered that, like, months ago. Really? Though. Yeah. So she's already... People already know mm. that this, like, 16-year-old has a live-in <laughs> boyfriend and is pregnant. Yeah. yeah. And she can't really star in her high school comedy anymore. Uh, <laughs> Well, it, it could change it. It yeah. could be different. Yeah, that could be pretty drastic. Uh, not so much for what, Nickelodeon, wherever this is, Disney Channel? I believe it was Nickelodeon, yes. Yeah, I don't think that's something they want to talk about. Yeah. Um, but uh, here's something we can talk about. I can talk about Iron Man some more. Uh, hey. I, you say I saw it with you, and yes. I believe you, because uh-huh. I usually do that. But I know I saw it first, uh, as we move in the games of 2008, I saw it first on Sega's Dime. Sega uh-huh. took us out a bunch of game journalists out to see Iron Man in the theater and I was like I will never ever do this again because this is a professional event nobody's laughing nobody mm-hmm. clapped at the end of this great movie uh, nobody, no one was astounded at the reveal I'll mm-hmm. never ever experience a movie like this again it was just such a bummer uh, but I saw Iron Man because Sega had a temporary license with Marvel mm-hmm. and was making games based on their movies and that I think it ended with Iron Man 2. You get a decent Captain America game in there and a Thor game. Diana, I know you don't like games, mm. but how do you have these the biggest genre movies in the universe with zero video game rep- representation? On home consoles? Uh, it's a, that's a bad idea. It seems like you wasted the last 10 years. Holy shit. I'm guessing... Well, definitely with Iron Man, I'm guessing they were not expecting that to be successful. I, I guess if... Yeah, Sega that was involved. That would be my guess. Um... And you probably didn't have enough time for Hulk. And you figured that would not be successful. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't as successful. I will actually defend that movie. Yeah. But uh, I figured the last time, oh my God, it cratered. So don't even bother. But by the time you realize, oh shit, these guys know what they're doing. Yeah. Yeah, you probably want that license. Games, yeah, games based yeah. on movies have been traditionally bad because they don't have a lot. Games need more time than movies. They don't have the lead time. But the pace at which Marvel has mapped this out. Yeah, you could share this information with developers and get something really cool that tied into your fucking movie, and it's never ever happened. That's weird. Uh, it, yeah, it is weird, and I, I guess I mean like AAA. There's still like Guardians of the Galaxy Telltale game, and mm. there's a bunch of iOS games. Uh, but yes, and there's Marvel vs. Capcom. But yes, that Echo Chrome, Iron Man and Echo Chrome came out this week, uh, August, April 27th through May 3rd. 
Uh, but that is about it for the games. Uh, we are at the end of the show. This is where we tell you to go to 302010.net and leave your leave your feedback. We love hearing your anecdotes and uh, want to go back to celebrating them again. You can find out more at lasertimepodcast.com where this sh- not only this show lives, but LaserTime, the weekly topic-based show with a lot of the same voices uh, you've heard on this show. We encourage you to check that out too. It's every Monday and you're going to love it. Uh, Diana, what you got to plug? Yeah, not much. Just, uh, I guess I'm Twitter, on Twitter, mostly talking movies or making fun of prop newspapers. I do that a lot, too. Uh, at Le Cine Nerd. Le Cine Nerd. Well, you know what that means. L-E-C-I-N-E-N-E-R-D. We got to talk about dead people. Yep. The only dead person I could find was the father of the New Age movement, Carlos Castaneda. He was 72. He passed away in 1998. New Age is a very, very vague term. I don't even know what you mean. Yeah. Is this music? No, like in general of like... I don't know, a reawakened spirituality that's not really, like, religious, but, like, sending out positive thoughts and maybe I wear crystals. I don't fucking yeah, shit know. That, like, stones heal you. and Yeah, it's probably, I mean, really new age is it's just a giant blanket statement for, <laughs> like, a touchy-feely quackery. There you go. As far as I'm concerned. But, hey, it, uh, I guess it works for some people. Whatever. There you go. But let's uh, resurrect that death into a little birth. Yay. Oh, birthdays! A oh, doodly do. I get a birthday quiz. Give me, give me, give me. Okay. Uh, born April 29th, 1958. Happy 60th birthday to a former Miss Orange County. Uh, we have talked about so many of her movies, and we are going to talk about three this year alone. Let me give you some of the movies of hers that we have talked about on this show. I Could Never Be Your Woman, Hairspray, Stardust, Amazon Women on the Moon, coming up, Dangerous Liaisons, Tequila Sunrise, Michelle Married Pfeiffer? to the Mob. Michelle Pfeiffer! Oh, I got it, I got it, I got it. Stardust, that was a cool one. Yep. I won. Is that, if anybody's keeping track, I won. Michelle Pfeiffer looks amazing still. Thank you guys so much. Again, check out LaterTimePodcast.com. Tell a friend, and Diana, what are we closing out with? Oh, uh, we got to close out with Cult of Personality from Living Color, man. Yeah, I agree. Anyway, we'll see you guys next week. Thanks for listening. I know your dreams. Personality, the cult of personality.